did they do they do the the disclaimer before any other show? Are we the only show that gets the disclaimer because I, things I, might get out of hand? I don't know. I, I honestly can't say that I've heard the very beginning of Steam's Steve. show. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I'm taking it as a badge of honor that they do. Well, the disclaimer before we get on the air here at the Hawkeye Hello Brett Ridge and Payne Jr. with you here at GMix. It should be noted they still allow us to be on the air. Every once in a while, it's a question as to how or why, right? It's a fair question. This week, primarily because we've got great sponsors. We do. <laughs> and, hey, Brian Houck and Angie Lancaster right in front of us here. So and, our, and we're at GMix, right? And we're at GMix. <laughs> Key Mortgage and uh, Remax Concepts represented right in front of us already. There, we've already done one plug. We'll do it a little bit later on. When we talk about uh, our sponsors in the show, but. Let's go this direction because right. a lot has been done. We're going to dive into some some retread stuff people have been over. Oh, we Here's, haven't we haven't had our four seconds. No, but in in Cyclone fans, of the Hawkeye Huddle Chuck Drake here today. Okay, he's and representing. He's excited to hear what we have to say. Right. So you've got a good you how have, we're going to spin this. You have an interesting theory that I, I think is, is applicable to this. But here's where I'm really getting into trouble. And I, I, um, I'll i give uh, Tori Breck had some of this in uh, Tuesdays with Torby on, uh, yep. on uh, Hawkeye Report earlier today in his weekly column. And I tweeted a lot of this before they changed over to Alex Padilla on Saturday. And then after that, I just gave up. What is happening before our eyes? It happened a little bit last year as the offense just failed towards the end of the year. But this year has been so bad offensively, and the nepotism factor has played into this so badly with Brian Ferentz, inexplicably crazy calls in it, and elevating him over the over the uh, off season to handle the quarterbacks in addition to the offensive coordinator. Iowa is becoming a national joke, and I don't mean joke as in ha ha. In some cases, yes. In other cases. There's, there's writers from all across the country, newspapers, and if they still have those, websites, Well, podcasts, they, they clearly do because the Cleveland... Uh, plain dealer. Plain right? dealer guy. And Pat Forty and I... Clearly drew Kirk's ire. Yeah, Pat Forty, and I can't remember his partner on their podcast today. I, I, Pat Forty's Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. Uh, spent 10 minutes on it today. On, uh, you just on, told me it was five. It, it, was a, it was between five and 10. Between five and 10 minutes on... Nepotism I, on ruining the Iowa program, up on how great the Iowa defense is, and how good this team would be with a good. Speaking of nepotism, let's talk about our best salesperson, Andrew Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how are you so, going to answer that? So my question: <laughs> well, He's not our best salesperson. He hasn't sold anything yet. I understand it. So, he's the only one not on payroll right, yet so far. <laughs> my point is where we're where we're headed with this Iowa football program now, Kirk Ferentz is backing himself into and has backed himself into a corner in so many different ways because of his refusal to give Alex Padilla snaps earlier in the year. And he and very clearly, it was not a mistake, right? You were up 27 on Nevada, still playing Spencer Petrus. You were down 21 points to Michigan, still playing Spencer Petrus. You had opportunities in games where things weren't working. You could have given Alex Padilla a snap or two, and it became nothing more than stubbornness, and people around the country have picked that up. And now here you are, and people just it, – it's an awful thing to watch Iowa football be trashed. And this time, 
So rightfully so. So ultimately, your entire bitch is that you're embarrassed. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I pay. I don't know. I, I'm an Iowa fan, and I, I'm an Iowa fan, and I'm embarrassed. You've by got the, the way number this two defense in the country, uh-huh. and you're embarrassed. And we're three and four. Because we've played, because we have played. Of the seven games that Iowa has played, and this is my theory, and this I, is something that yes. requires patience for Hawkeye fans. And, and I was trying to explain this to my Hawkeye fan wife. She goes, why don't they just fire him now? <laughs> and by him, I don't know if she meant Kirk, Brian, or both. But ultimately, Kirk's not going to fire anyone midseason. Never will. Yeah, Other just, coaches do, he, he won't. He's not, not going to happen. He, he's right? not going to do that. Yep. So, so that's out. So here's the theory. South Dakota State's number three in FBS in total defense. We have played Iowa State, who's number three, Illinois, who's number four, Ohio State, who's number seven, Michigan, who's number 10, Rutgers, who's number 17, all in defense. And part of the reason all of them are so high in defense is because they have played Iowa. Yes. But part. The, but, only part. But I, the I, other I, six games that they have played on their schedule, assuming they've all played seven games, which I'm not sure of, but nevertheless, the other games that they played have not been against Iowa. And, and let's take Illinois as, as a primary example, okay? Illinois has beaten Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa in three consecutive games before they got a bye week. They haven't done that since 1980. Maybe this is just Illinois' year, okay? And just like when in 2015 when Iowa went 12-0 and and everyone said, oh, well, they're, they're not very good. They shouldn't be that high. They just they got a lousy schedule. They haven't had to play anybody. Maybe this, maybe this is Illinois' 2015 Iowa, Iowa season. And thus, the patience that's required, both of you, in letting me finish this thought, and our Iowa it fans. puts an index finger up and says, and thus. Yes. The patience is required is, let's see what happens when we don't play somebody who's that great. Because Nevada was 75 in defense, and the Hawks beat them 27-0. Northwestern's coming in number 90 in defense. There's a real good opportunity for an offense that is horrible. It is playing bad. It has no confidence. It has no structure that I can tell. The offensive line is a sieve. Swiss cheese thinks they have more holes than the Iowa. Has less holes than the Iowa offense. Yet, let's see what might happen over the course of these next five games because None of the teams that we're playing over the next five games outside of Purdue, in my opinion, look like they're world beaters. After all of my bitching and complaining, I would love. Could you imagine if Iowa somehow runs this and goes eight and four? Would it shock you? And we end up at the Delk. Would it shock you? Mayo Bowl in Charlotte. It wouldn't shock you. Because the, against right, North Carolina right, State. The, the, the schedule is there. For a 16-13 right, bowl game. Right. right. I mean, <laughs> The schedule is there for something like that. Here's the deal. The offense has not had an indication since, they, yeah, they've been playing good defenses, but they've not had an indication that that is going to happen. Now, if it does happen, it would not be completely shocking. It also would not be completely shocking to me if that happened because you put in Alex Padilla and he could run around a little bit, create some space with that porous offensive line, and don't give me – so here was the thing on Saturday, and I, I agree with your opinion, by the way. I, we've played good defenses. I, I like your theory on this. We have a chance. But let, let me – this deal the other day where they put in Alex Padilla, <laughs> that was not giving Alex Padilla a chance to run this football team. That was 
he, you put him in, he's down 16 in the horseshoe in front of 100,000 people. He hasn't been hit in 10 months. They don't allow people to get hit in practice, by the way. He's like, yeah, you realize I hadn't, he said on the postgame, well, I had to get hit a couple times to remember what that felt like. He hadn't literally been tackled in 10 months since they did the same thing to him in the Michigan game. Well, it, it, it was, also looked like he hadn't taken a snap in well, 10 months since he fumbled the first snap it, and watch, threw an interception on the third uh, play. Lo- Logan Jones. After that, he played a little better. Logan Jones actually said, and I, if you watch that snap, yeah, he pulled back a little quick, but the fact was that ball never got to his hand. It was a bad snap, okay? But aside from that, my point is that uh, when I when he went in and I'm like, well, he's rusty, and people are like, well, he started five games. You know, actually, he's only started three, and he should know what he's doing. Actually, he started four, I guess. Yes, but he hasn't played in a year. No, he in hasn't. Almost a year. Yeah, uh, he came in. Came in at Northwestern. So Northwestern, uh, Northwestern. He did not Illinois. start Northwestern. Right, right. He Northwestern, came Illinois, in at Nebraska. Northwestern because right. I was started there. Three. Started three. Illinois, Nebraska. Minnesota, Nebraska. Right. Started those three games. Right. And he was sick in the in the Nebraska game and went out. And Peters came in and uh, he had the conjunctivitis. Guy did one. I think it was the long flu. touchdown drive that was mostly on the ground thanks to to our running backs. My and then they went into the into the Big Ten championships. They started Petrus. And they gave Alex Padilla the mop-up duty where Michigan was finally like, hey, we're up 25 points. We're going to send out the whole house every time. Same thing the other day. If you didn't notice. Which is why Hutchison made, got a signing bonus of $15 million right. because he had five sacks in the Big Ten Championship game. You, you, you can't tell me that that was a fair way to give Alex Padilla a shot to run this team. Now, that being said. It is, it is a fair did, way if you're trying good. to sabotage your backup quarterback. And they're not trying to do that. I heard the conspiracy theory a number of times on Saturday. I had to drive out to Holiday Lake to help my mom, and I so I'm listening to the radio. I heard it. Brooklyn. And I, and yeah, I don't. I agree. I don't. I don't think that was their intention. It's not. It did work out nicely that way, but it was not their intention. It's not. No, they it's wouldn't. They, they, they're not quite that nefarious. There is no question that they have purposely kept him off the field so as to not create any kind of – to never have anybody able to say, look, when he's in there, the team moves better. That's why they've kept him off the field. Right, because right. Kirk hates quarterback controversy. But, and every time he's had it, he's messed it up. Yeah, but no, here's the question, though. Here's the thing. He's messed it up every he's time. He's messed it up when – no, Brad no, but, Banks in 2001 should have been playing over Kyle McCann. But what happened after? The two big ones. The two big ones. Think about it. The two big Stanzi and Jake. Well, it's actually three. So give me three. Here, so well, just here, you want to CJ and CJ and Rudock. Quiet down. Quiet down. Right. So give me Brad Banks, Kyle McCann. Yeah. Right. They shuffle them back and forth. Clearly, Brad Banks is more talented, and the team moves better on him. But they play Kyle McCann. They go six and five. They win a bowl game next year. They go eleven and one, and they go to the Orange Bowl. Kyle under Brad McCann Banks. was also out of eligibility. Point being. Point being, the quarterback he sat in that next year led him to the promised land. Next time up, Stanzi and Christensen. They go back and forth. They finally choose Stanzi. What happens? The next year, they go, they go 10-2. and two. They go to the Orange Bowl when he is the quarterback, right? Because Kirk chose the wrong guy when there was a— Jake was the, also gone. Then the next time, the next time it happened, it was CJ and— uh, Jake Rudock. And Jake Rudock. Shuffled them back and forth in 2014. They were awful. The team was, was not very good. Jake Rudock the, also left. He leaves. They choose Bethard. 
the next year where they go 12 and 0. What does that mean? It means that so Kirk, that means that next year that when he, Spencer Peters is gone, Alex Padilla will be the quarterback, and we're going to go 11 and 1. That's the trend. That's the trend. It is the trend. Read it. Look at it. That Based way. on your theory, it's the trend. My th- my theory is this: he, they're going to bring in Joe Schmo from Duke, who no one's heard of, and David no, Cutcliffe no, is going to be our offensive kid, coordinator. It's a kid from SEMO, Southeast Missouri State. They're 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 going after him. Hard. Tony Romo. I don't know what his name is. But that's well, he was he was a CMO guy. Yeah. Actually, there was two two NFL quarterbacks from CMO. Uh, you, you see my point. My point is that Kirk has Romo and one of the when dudes. Kirk has a quarterback controversy, he's blind to the fact that he's got one guy who's more talented than the other one because he sticks with the guy who's been around longer, which is what he keeps doing with Petrus, and he doesn't play the more talented player. And Iowa suffers for it until the other player finally leaves and he puts in the more talented player and lets him take over. I don't know that's the case with Alex Padilla because he has not shown is there, that kind of talent. Is I there agree. is there any chance that, and I think this is my I I think that Spencer Pe- Spencer Petrus's confidence is so bad that he could walk into a Hooters and not find a good looking girl. Did, so did you watch? Did you see on? The, I'm just on, trying to paint yeah, a picture yeah, of yeah, lack of right, confidence. Right. Ugly girlfriend. Uh, in in Moneyball, he's got an ugly girlfriend. What's that matter? It means he has no confidence. He has no confidence, exactly. The the pick six the other day. Oh my gosh, it's the worst got, worst pass I've ever seen. Him he's throw. got Nico Regani running down down the middle of the field with nobody on him. Right? How, how about the one uh, earlier in the game? I think it was Arlen f- Bruce could have just go, walked it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But he, Arlen Bruce is right ahead of Laporta. It's not like it was outside of his no, purveyance right of vision. Ahead. All he had to do was look yeah. ahead and yeah. go, oh. Let's throw it to 10. But that pick six, he comes off the sideline, and Brian says, he points down the way Nico was. He's like, he's pointing there. You can see he's saying, how did you miss Nico? Right? And and he said, I didn't see him. And and Brian just shakes his head. So as bad as Brian's play calling is, and it's abysmal, in that case, he had a – he had a uh, flag pattern that was going to go for 45 yards if he just threw the football. See, I think think there's a question there that needs to be posed and – it is that Brian's play calling, in your opinions, abysmal. In my opinion, is so poorly executed that we have no idea if it's any good because we, our quarterback has not chosen wisely. Yeah, it's, it's he so has not made right. the right calls, it passes, in those sorts of things. So we have no idea. Well, How many times do you and I sit in the stands in the first uh, three games this year and go, "He's wide open." Yeah. And he doesn't throw I, it to I, him. So I, I will, I will give you that. If Spencer can't see Nico Regani wide open with no one I, covering him at Ohio State, he can't see anybody. I will give you that. But then, then answer me these two calls after two weeks. Why are we still running the tight end screen? I don't know. You're rolling uh, you, your first play. <laughs> Why are we game, rolling left and throwing it? I don't know. I can't answer. I cannot answer weeks, either of those the, questions against your quarterback who is immobile and cannot complete this pass. And throw into triple coverage with it's only one receiver. It's not so much receiver. that he's immobile. It's just that he can't move very well. well. There you go. Why was that the first play? I mean, it's the worst play they have. And he can't do it when the guy's wide open. Why would you think you could do it with Ohio State sitting with six guys? And then, conversely. <laughs> I've never seen a guy more bracketed. They had what? him inside I, out, I, up I, and down. There's no way to complete that pass. <laughs> he, looked, he looked like a FedEx package. And he was wrapped up so tightly. Just like at Illinois, the only time Iowa drove drove the ball into the red zone, the other, uh, got close to the red zone the other day, 
they on third and nine inexplicably threw a pass behind the line of scrimmage by by two yards and lost two yards. What kind of a play call? And against Illinois, when they got down there, same thing. They handed it up. up. Brett, I'm gonna, up. can I explain to you that Brian thinks this is the go-to play because in the Capital One Bowl, what bowl were we playing last year? Capital One Bowl, he threw that play against Kentucky. It was the last no, touchdown that was, pass. That was a throwback. It was not. It was exactly the same play. Laporta, tight end screen on the left side. He took it down 50 yards. That's the last time it worked, and everybody knows it. It has you have to roll the other direction to make that. Whatever. Play. I'm just telling you it's the same play. Music. A lot of fun. Music. All right, Tom Kager to Hawkeyereport.com when we come back on the other side. You're listening to the Hawkeye Hill on 1700 the Champ at 101.3 FM. That was a cathartic first segment. I feel very uh, I feel purged. I'm good. It's good. It's good. It's a good thing. We're here at G Mix. As we are each Tuesday from 6 to 7 o'clock. A little reverberation going on there. Well, it's partly because of the return and the local. Got it. Uh, anyway, come on down and join us. Uh, by the way, we're going to be here, regardless of football or basketball, we're going to be here through the basketball season, excited about the basketball season coming up. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Some cool and stuff if, going on there. if things hit the fan this week, all basketball next week. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, I, I will say, we'll say this. We can only rehash so much. We try to bring our fresh perspective, and at some point in time, we got to move on. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that, so that means we can move on to what happened today. Comments coming out of today, which is why we grabbed Tom Kakert from HawkeyeReport.com every week at this time because uh, he's almost always at the, uh, the, the Kirk Ferentz uh, press conference and talking to the players. He's on the beat. And he's on our show. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you today, Tom? Things going all right? Things are things are are, are, are going better for me than they are for uh, the Iowa offense. <laughs> well, that doesn't take much. You have a heartbeat. So, yep. Tom. Barely. Barely. <laughs> uh, it, you're you're still percolating along. We're all we're all above ground. That's all good, right? Taking nourishment. It's taking nourishment, right? Right. So, uh, Tom, I, I, you know, we knew this would be a tough day for Kirk in terms of, of media interviews. Uh, David had had. I should, well, here, this, is, this is David's question. It's Tom, not mine. So, so I'm going to let him ask it. Thank you, uh, Dave Creighton Jr. Uh, Hawkeye Huddle, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> now go. Good. So here, go far away. Here, here's my question. So, you were you were there last Saturday, and heard the yep. qu- questions from the Cleveland Plain Dealer or whatever their paper is. Doug, and the, Doug Lee Maurice, I was I was the person sitting in between Kirk and uh, Doug Lee Maurice, so I was Lovely. in the direct line of fire from both directions. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, okay. Okay. Swell. So, did you feel like it was an interrogation by Doug? And secondly, do you feel like Kirk's shots today were uh, earned or worth it? Or t- tell me your perspective as a reporter sure. um, being in that regard, if you don't mind. And I, I, I let me. No. I second the question. Absolutely, it's great. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think. Um, I didn't really have any opinion on the questions. I mean, I thought they were fair. Um, you know, they, 
they were pointed. Um, it, uh, from what I found out afterwards, um, uh, the reporter, Doug Maurice, a good reporter, a good columnist, uh, kind of a bomb thrower, uh, you know, that's kind of his reputation. And, and I found out later that he had uh, been talking about basically wanting to do this uh, pretty much all week on a podcast. So he, and it was more about the nepotism angle just in sports in general and coaching than anything else. And oh. he's just using this as an example to illustrate. Well, I, I, well I, in, I a, heard, in a prime, in a prime example of nepotism not working well. Well, I, and I heard that his wife yeah. is an actually like an Iowa fan, an Iowa grad. There's some, some connection there. So he, it's Iowa is more than just a team that he picked out for this. Yeah, there's yeah. some personal yeah. stuff I, in there too, he, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's definitely some personal, a personal angle to it, um, I, I just, you know, uh, Kirk was uncomfortable, um, but you know he has the Wickstead people with him to kind of, um, you know, kind of. I, I think they've coached some of the um, worst instincts out of him a little bit, if if you will. The the that's football, um, you know, the <laughs> kind of the dismissive Kirk of 2014 yeah. after the tax layer bowl um i think they've but that that resurfaced today in his comments about that was accidental it, uh, it sure should have been <laughs> yeah just uh, you know kind of taking a little bit of a dig at at um at the reporter i just you know it, it, the, the old adage in this stuff is don't make don't lengthen the story any longer than you need to you know, there's, you know, no, there's going to be, you know, to, to borrow yeah. something from what Brian said, there's no upside to him taking that shot. All it does is just get the story back going. Now, to Doug Lee Maurice's credit, he's been on Twitter and he said it's fine. You know, yeah. coaches come yeah. back at you. Right. And, and so, so uh, my position on this is that um, as, as much as I may not like the answers, I felt like Kirk has the right to throw haymakers right back at him. Right. And if he, if he can't answer the question, he has the right to do that. And I'm a little older than you, Tom. I don't like to admit it, but I'm a little older than you. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was part of Hayden Fry's press conferences in the 80s and 90s, right? I went to school there. I snuck my – we could talk about this for a long time, how I snuck my <laughs> way into the press conferences every week. Um, George Wine let me in, and that was kind of the end of it. I just kept going after that, even when I wasn't doing any work, right? I saw Hayden go into press conferences like this on on media day and before the microphones were turned on literally point at reporters in this area a couple of them from this area one who still works in the iowa city area and undress them and just say you're on my list and that's not that there's there was another word in between lists yes and mine right and um things didn't happen the same way right so sometimes as much as um it frustrates me the answers I give Kirk credit because he doesn't. He never does that. Well, in in to your point uh, today, when some of these questions were asked, like about the offense and the defense, Kirk absolutely did not throw his guys under the bus, and was yeah. so complimentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of the way that True. they handled themselves and such. And I mean, Tom, you've been telling me and and our listeners all season 
that this team will never turn on each other. Yeah. Yeah, they just won't. Um, they're just the leadership's too good, um, and it's the leadership on defense. It's it's Jack Campbell, Kayvon Merriweather, Riley Moss, guys like that. They're just not going to do it. And credit to those guys because a lot of um, a lot of guys, I think, would you know, a lot of teams would have people sniffing at each other. And maybe there's some of that going on uh, from time to time, but it, it, it gets dealt with uh, or, in those wars, and they're not going to let that get out in the public either. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, those guys are sticking together, and that's a credit to them because we've seen other places just melt down completely. Well, You, you know what, you know what that, that is? It's a testament to not being a selfish group of people. Which is, this is the problem with when... I, I, th- this is why I love Kirk Ferentz. He he recruits these guys. These are the kind of guys you want to have play for your football team. Other football yep. teams right now, Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell's on an, uh, playing for Ohio State, and they're they're three and four, and he's going to go to the <clears throat> NFL next year, right? He's going to be drafted. That's it, right? He's good. Yep. He's going to hang it up next week, right? Ohio State's had this happen. T- you know, uh, good well, teams Nick have Bosa. had this happen, right? Have had this happen where like, well, it doesn't look like we're winning the national championship, so. I'm hanging it up. You guys go have a good time, right? That's not going to happen here, okay? I, I was never real pleased. I did was not real pleased last year with the, what's his name, the, the running back? Goodson. Uh, with Goodson uh, hanging it up before the bowl game, especially since he's nowhere near the league, didn't get drafted or anything. But I, I understood his decision. Uh, you know, uh, Amir Smith-Marset, I thought, you know, obviously he had an injury, so whatever. Uh, but he ended up at least playing. But I, I didn't like that about those guys. Iowa doesn't recruit guys most of the time like that. And that's why when you start going down the pros and cons of Kirk Ferentz, the pros is you recruit kids like Jack Campbell who are going to be behind. That kid's not leaving a football game. If they don't win the rest of the year, he's not leaving a game voluntarily. Yeah. And he said, he said, I love just being out on the field. Playing. You know, they're like, well, don't you wish they'd get more dry? And he's like, no, I love being on the field playing defense. <laughs> what I'm supposed to do. Well, it, it would be okay if he played 28 minutes this week instead of 38, you know, and, and, yeah. Iowa, and Iowa gets their offense rolling. So, Tom, I expose my theory, and that is that Iowa has played the six hardest defenses that exposed? they will play. I Don't expose unveiled on, my on, okay. theory the uh, that Iowa has played the six – most difficult defenses that it will play all season and that now it has a chance over the next five games to come out and to do some things um, offensively that they just haven't been able to do because the defense has actually been better. Do you have any credence in that? Is there any credence to you in that? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I, all these these final games for, for Iowa are winnable. Right. They just are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would it shock you if they won out? It wouldn't no, shock no, we, we, That's exactly the words that came out of my mouth 15 minutes ago, Tom. Is as, as much as this seems hopeless, it would not be that surprising, would it, that somehow they, they could pull out every one of these games and end up 10 and 4. 8 and 4. 8 and 4. Yeah. And and they would cover the over the, the season total over. <laughs> no, it very well could happen. Uh, the, the offense doesn't look great right now, but the teams they're playing are not that great, so it's possible. And it starts this week, obviously, with Northwestern, a team that that, that struggled this year. 
uh, a number of different ways. Looked a little better the other day because they brought in a new quarterback and a number of things. Hey. But they end up losing, right? They end up losing. So Iowa has a shot at this uh, and turn it around. But, Tom, realistically, I, I hear – so I'm reading what you were saying today. You feel like Spencer Peters is going to be the guy that trots out there for the first series on Saturday. Isn't that a giant mistake? I mean, I mean, overall, not just not because maybe the he might even be the better player, but isn't that a giant mistake to put that kid in that position and not give Alex Padilla a chance to run the ball club just to see what happens in an even game, starting the game off with practice, with practice, just giving him the chance because otherwise it just looks like Kirk is just being stubborn again. Yeah. So, so what 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 I've said is. And somebody asked me what I would do. I would not have, um, I would not have Spencer out there to start the game. I just wouldn't. Um, you right. can go the bullpen to him, maybe. Yep. Sure. Uh, yep. If you need to. Yep. And that's fine. Um, you know that worked well uh, against uh, Nebraska last Nebraska, year. Nebraska, right? Or he came in off the bench and and performed well. So, um, but right now, if you you ask me, you know, Tuesday at. 6.35 p.m., I would say Spencer Petrus is going to start. Um, now, that may change by Thursday or Friday, and I may hear something different, but right now I think Spencer is going to start. And I, 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 I would not run him out there. I, just, I think it's unfair to run him out there right now. It's unfair um, to the kid. It's unfair the to him. that he will receive at yes. home. Yes. It, it, to, to some extent, it's unfair to the rest of the team to not try Alex Padilla to see what will happen. But it's more unfair to Spencer Petrus to run him out there as the national joke that this has become, unfortunately, because he is such a good leader and is, it, they like him. But, geez. Tom, I have a, I have a yeah. question as it relates to that Doug guy's column. And do you think that the program belongs to the Iowa fans and, and whatnot versus belongs to Kirk Ferentz? Do you think that that's a fair statement the way he posed that? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's fair. I, I, you know, let's let's be honest though. I mean, if he's going to call out nepotism in sports, you could call out a lot of nepotism in sports media too. Oh, no question. Oh, a lot of yeah. guys that. Yeah. I mean, it's is he doing Joe the Buck. same thing to, yeah. to the own? Yeah, to your own profession. You know. Uh, Harry Carey's kid. Chad Carey. You know, yeah, right. Or, right. Or, you know, Joe Buck. Um, right. Ian Eagle's kid is doing, doing has done, I think, two Iowa games this year. Right. We, uh, and know, and NFL games. Getting jobs. Yep. Yeah, they're not getting, they're not getting those jobs because they're, you know, they were initially because they were great. They got in the door because of the, the yeah. last name. Last name. Right. So it's a and great point, Tom. He, to my knowledge, he's not calling, calling it out in, in, Sports media, either. Um, if you want to, I mean, you know, look at politics today. It's always, you know, who you know. Of course, same, yeah, same. Your last name, you know. Yeah. All right, Tom. Real quick, do you think that uh, Iowa turns the ship around this week? Uh, I do. I think uh, Iowa plays their best game of the year. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to see on Saturday as well. I, it's, uh, I, and I would agree. It's not It's not a matter of you want to just win this game and get by because it's an easy team. Iowa needs to go out there and, and Northwestern's never play easy. <laughs> and play well. Hey, thanks, Tom. Yeah. We'll join you next week. We appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, guys. We'll Took talk up to you the next whole week. time. Tom Kaker at HawkeyeReport.com. We'll be back.
17 under the champ, 101.3 FM. And we're back here on 17 under the champ, 101.3 FM. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. And around the world at thehawkeyehuddle.com. Check out the podcast tomorrow. You miss any portion of today's excellent uh, show, by the way. So far, so, so good. So far, so good. Uh, we will have the podcast up tomorrow morning, and you can check it out at thehawkeyehuddle.com. Also, at thehawkeyehuddle.com, powered by our friends at Gatehouse Pictures. Um, sponsored you, by G-Minx, sp- Mortgage. Brian you are going to find links to all of our great sponsors. G-Minx, Brian Houck of Key Mortgage. The great Angie, Angie Lancaster, Lancaster Remax, Remax And our friends at uh, AMPM Plumbing. And they do plumbing, they don't do, they? They do very, very good plumbing. They do plumbing very well. And you will also see private wealth asset management. All right. Right? They are uh, right here in West, uh, West Des Moines and 5th Street, and they're sponsoring our 5th Street 5 each week. And it's uh, to kind of promote uh, the, all the businesses down here on 5th Street in uh, Valley Junction, West Des Moines, as things uh, head towards the holidays. They're going to start having their holiday uh, um, nights and evenings. Well, a lot of fun. will have their, uh, yeah, they'll be open. their, their, their stuff their up. I love it. They get good the, decorations up Their here. decor they up. They Ta- do. Takes them one day, and boom, it's up. Yep, it's great. So... Uh, our top five at uh, five this week, our fifth street five this week, is the top five beatdowns oh of the Kirk Ferentz era. And I think Bruce said we should probably stick away from uh, it's after Kirk built things. Right. Although, I don't know, my number one, I remember that 49 to nothing loss to Nick Saban at Michigan State in Kirk's first year. That well, my- was bad. That was a bad football game. From I mean, Iowa, I think, had three yards total yeah. in that game. But it, it was an anemic offensive performance. But if so, day. if we're going to go, if we're, because this game was historically bad in terms of uh, the score for Iowa against Ohio State. Well, in fifty-four ten, obviously has to be on there. But the silver lining of this is Iowa held Ohio State to one hundred twenty yards less less than uh, their average. Not, we really have not mentioned how good the defense played, how well they played, and, and they did. Uh, Ohio State we can get to that six, after the five. Only 66 yards rushing. Right. So what else would you put on your list of, of, uh, of well, worst? Clearly, clearly uh, Michigan 42-3 uh, to three was up the final score of the Big Ten championship game yes. was last year. Uh, that's up there. The Tennessee Bowl game. Yes, that one was an embarrass. That was an embarrassment with uh, Jonathan Parker, who's suing the university because he didn't make the NFL. Threw the ball back into the into the uh, yes. you know, off the kickoff. Threw the ball back in inbound. What was that? Thirty four to three, something like that. Yeah. Yeah that that was a bad one. Um, I got the forty nine to three or five forty nine to seven loss. You were there at Arizona State. Oh yes, the year that they won the Big Ten championship, tied with Drew Tate. Right? They that was they they lost their next game to Michigan, and never lost again. Walner Belness with the punt Thank return you. was the only w- way they scored. You that have night. to keep in mind that game was all messed up because of the rain delay to start to start the game, which did not help in any sense the Hawkeyes' uh, hour and twenty minute rain delay because it rained in Phoenix, and it rained so hard there was a flood in the parking lot. I literally had to get in the car so that so you, I wouldn't car, be washed away. Washed away. Um, there was a forty-one to. Blowout oh. before the Michigan win in How 2016 about, at Penn State. They played terrible. How about the uh, uh, loss at Minnesota when it was yeah. 100 degrees so, below zero? We're, so we were going to Andrew and I were going to go with that as as number one, just because you and I were both there. Yes, up in the corner drinking uh, Grain Belt with uh, Trent Condon, and it was um, <laughs> right. As we soon were, as right. you opened them, they were they were slushy. They were slushy by the time we, and that was a bad game. They put it on us, right? And oh, they it was oh, horrible. it was a really bad. 
hey, listen, there have been some games in this Kirk Ferentz era. This felt bad the other day, but actually when you go back and look at it, those games, those teams did actually beat down Iowa by, by just driving the ball up and down the field. This was Iowa giving the ball to Ohio State six, six times. Six turnovers. And, and six well, times inside the 40-yard line. Well, how about six turnovers in uh, an ill-advised? Tory, Tory Taylor is everyone's yeah. greatest favorite punter. Okay? Punt the ball. Punt the ball. Punting is winning. So Deciding to run on fourth and eight is not winning. Did, did, so it looked like it was there, but you know what? Ohio State stayed disciplined. They put their linebacker yeah. there, and he sat there, and he, Torrey started running, went up, and he tackled yeah. him. It was the end of it. But uh, what? Yeah, a little bit of a block would have helped. Well, it certainly yeah. wouldn't have hurt. Right. Um, I mean, we got a man who yeah. runs a 5-2-40. Somebody, somebody pointed out that if Iowa had punted on first down, just never taken the football, they every, every first down punted, they would have only lost the game twenty-one to seven. Yeah, that's false. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny that. I way. Yeah. I realize that. Now, hey. I, it, this just in: there was a game at Ohio Stadium when I was a kid when they would do the highlights on Sunday because no one ever saw the games with Bill Fleming. Uh, oh, I, on, I remember Bill Fleming on yeah, ABC. Yeah, yeah. And Ohio State was playing Wisconsin, and literally it was raining so hard that Woody Hayes caught a punt and immediately punted it right back to Wisconsin because the weather was so bad. I remember that. And you know who he had at running back? Archie Griffin. Archie Griffin, yeah. He knew. Two-time Heisman winner. Uh, real quickly, a couple of the other sports uh, we're, Woody paying, Hayes we're paying attention to. The field hockey team has fallen on some hard times. They lost to Michigan again, uh, yeah. one to nothing the other day. They can't score. So they're having. that's a tough thing. They've taken on the flavor of the football team. Perhaps right? they should go with the uh, yeah. Wisconsin volleyball team yeah. still, routine. Still ranked, but they're 10-6, and 3-4. and four. They've got uh, Friday, Michigan State Senior Day at home, and then they head to the Big Tens, and who knows? They could turn things around and win the whole thing, right? We'll see how that goes. No question. The other big news for uh, women's basketball, they got a recruit uh, commitment on Thursday. Uh, no, Monday. Monday. Monday, yesterday. Or Sunday. Monday. Uh, 6-4, Ava... Six four two fifty five. and she's Heldon. only a sophomore. Ava Heldon, number, she's the number 42 overall player, the number four center in the country out of Oregon. She's six foot four, and uh, she can really play. And they're going to they're oh. gonna put her into that bust the Gus, Monica Chinano, Chinano uh, role, and they're going to have her pivot and post and put the ball in the hole. I, I and, hope she's good at the, the mic and drill because <laughs> she's going to be doing a lot of it. Yep. Keep the ball high, put the ball off the glass. If you haven't noticed, Iowa really banks on that. Pardon the pun. So right? to speak. That's a big, good get for them. And, of course, they've had great recruiting classes the last couple of years. And, the Iowa and women, uh, oh, by the way, Caitlin Clark preseason uh, unanimous All-American. Unanimous All-American. And the uh, fourth-rated Iowa women will start the season here in November, and that's coming up. Well, let me let me throw back to you now. Hurry a couple up. Of the we funni- got a short time. The funniest things that I saw it, it heard – on the radio by Gary Dolphin the other day because I was in and out of right, watching. hurry. One, he just completely skipped over a kickoff and a play because he wanted to talk about Lenora Hansen. Who? who uh, Bobby Hansen's aunt who's got her name on some sort of one of the practice facilities there. She would have been 94. She died 20 years ago. Gary spent, I'm not kidding, he spent five minutes talking about her and he just didn't call the play-by-play for a kickoff in the first two plays of a series. You got three so, minutes on the Hawkeye the, huddle, and you're the, telling me right, what Gary Dalton other, didn't do? The other funniest part was when he did the Case IH red zone recap, well, the Hawks didn't make it to the red zone this week, but if they had. <laughs> anyway, all, all right. right. that's funny. So Northwestern comes in. 
at one point in time, this started off at a 31.5 over-under. I got right now 37.5, yeah, so I don't right. know. It, it, I don't think 31.5 is going to happen. That would be the lowest all-time all in college football. We're 11-point favorites this week. Uh-huh. All right, so Northwestern switched their quarterback. Uh-huh. So so did Iowa, allegedly. Well, well Helinski is actually – I'm not even sure why they did that. I think that kid's actually pretty good. I've seen him in South Carolina. Whatever. You're coming in. I don't buy into the apathy thing. I think Iowa fans will be there this week. It's homecoming. It's going to be 60 degrees, sunny. Apathy comes in if you lose this game. Okay. Right now, I think people still care. Well, we haven't had a game in a month, so there's a little bit of People of that. still care, right? right? They'll be there. What do you got for me? Iowa 34. Northwestern, six. 34. Where are you coming up with 34 points? Well, you count by one and all the way to 34, and you stop. And Alex Padilla's two games last year when he had a, a generational center on his team. I was going to say 20. I was going to say 27, but. That's closer. That's closer. I'm going to give this a 24. Iowa, 24 to, to 16. 24 to 16. Wow. Northwestern gets Non-cover. it. Non-cover. They do not cover. 24 to 16. How are they getting 16 points? I don't know. I just think they will. We got a lot better chance of getting 34 than Northwestern does of getting I, 16. I, I feel like this is the time to turn it around, though. The offense will look a lot better, and the 24 will be all on them. It won't well, be a defensive Well, let, let's put it this way. In, this happened last year when I was in Chicago for the game. Pardon me, Evans, for the game. And the lovely and talented who's here tonight took me there to that for my birthday. And so I will tell you this. When Padilla came in, that team played with verve and energy, and he was throwing the ball down the field. And I hope we get a chance to see that. Even if he starts the shotgun and throws a fade pattern, I don't know, Arlen Bruce, Brody Brecht, I don't know, the, the new receiver who was interviewed. Deontay inter- Vines was playing the other day. Who, who was interviewed but not, not spoke. Not, Y.A. Not Black seen. will be in there. He played very well the other day. This guy's coming back. No Keegan Johnson on the offensive side of the ball. No Terry Roberts on I the sure hope we see Keegan Johnson again because I think there's a really good chance we may end. And that really <sighs> bums me out. But I, anyway. I, I, I agree. I, I, I hope we're wrong about that. Listen, Tom's right. You can't start Spencer Petrus this game. Well, you can't the, the, no, do it no, to no, the no. kid. You because he's going to run out and the whole freaking crowd's going to boo. Well, not only mentally. If Alex runs right. out, the whole crowd goes crazy. Not how, crazy, right. they applaud. And then if and then if he fails, go ahead and replace him. However, however right. Kirk would define failing by a quarterback. Because by the way. clearly we've not really seen a good idea of what that might look like. Other than three turnovers, one pick six in the first half against the number two ranked team well, in the country. And, yeah, I, I totally agree. Absolutely agree. All right. It's a Hawkeye victory this week. We're coming back next week. Positive energy. Getting ready for dude. It's going to be great. We'll be here right here at G Migs at 6 o'clock next week. Join us for the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 AM, 101.3 FM.